This is the reality. Hello there. This is Dudley Anderson, and you're listening to The Reality, a half-hour show talking about the reality of real life that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The title, The Reality, is based upon Colossians 2.17, which reminds us that the issues of man are but a shadow in comparison to the reality as found in Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net, or drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Radio and TV host Shanine Clark grew up in a Hindu home. As is typical of her culture, her father had planned an arranged marriage for Shanine while she was still in her teens. Thankfully, she managed to escape this arrangement, but sadly later ended up in an abusive marriage. Shanine found Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior at the age of 14. By His grace, the Lord guided her and helped her through the difficulties of her early life. Shanine Clark discovered early the truth. What you confront will die, but what you tolerate will dominate. I believe that what you confront will die and what you tolerate will dominate. And I learned to identify the fears in my life, confront them so that they wouldn't dominate me. So what I teach is how do you become the dearer? How do you overcome fear? So I'm able to always implement that type of teaching, equipping in my um, seminars and teachings. Um, And then again, I was able to share my walk, my story of how I overcame and how God can use you no matter what your background is. We speak with Shanine Clark today via Skype. I'll begin by asking her to tell us how she came to know the reality of Jesus Christ for herself. I was searching, I, I read about different types of ways to religion um, and um, an uncle of mine actually got saved and he popped over one night and he said to my father, can I take your children on a camp to Pontins in the UK? It was like Butlins in those days, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was 14 years old and my father said, no way can my daughter go away on her own. And then he persuaded my father and said, you know, if the, my brother goes with me, I will be able to go. And I went. And there were thousands of people gathered together, their youth um, from the UK, uh, from across the UK. And I just suddenly felt an urge to join in with the crowd there at this meeting. And there was a guy speaking on, on, on truth, on David and Goliath. And he welcomed people to come forward if they wanted to know Jesus personally. And that was the day I accepted jesus right wow so you just walked up you just responded and said here i am yes i literally responded it was quite a dramatic change in my life though even though it sounds as simple as that yeah because it was very transforming when i went back home to my parents to tell them that i've accepted jesus so you grew up uh in a hindu uh environment hindu background were you practicing hindu at all well, yes, my roots, our family roots would be Hinduism for sure. Um, back in India, I wasn't actually practicing Hinduism, though, because my father was in the army and he really was touched by Christianity himself. So we were allowed to go to Sunday school as children. But though I went to Sunday school, surrounding areas, a lot of people were Sikhs and Muslims and Hindus around me. Hmm. So Hinduism and Sikhism was very much a part of my environment in the early years, yes. Right. Okay. 
So growing up in a Hindu environment and culturally speaking, uh, Shanine, uh, I believe that you had a marriage arranged for you in your very early years. Tell me about, about that. Well, at the age of 14, um, as I, I became a Christian, I came home from the conference and I said to my father, Dad, I want to be an evangelist. Of course, I came home with this T-shirt that says Jesus loves you and he's coming <laughs> back very soon at the back. Yeah. So he's blown away. And uh, he, I said, Dad, could I, could I just go to America to a Bible college and study and travel the world and tell people about the transforming power of Christ? And my father at the time, uh, you know, already had arranged my marriage um, at the age of 14 to a chap in Oxford in the UK. And I, I, I requested, I said, Dad, could you just stop this engagement with John? Uh, his name was John at the time. Uh, it still is probably. <laughs> but, mm. You know, um, and he was horrified. He said, well, if you want to go to Bible College, the best thing you can do is get married very young and uh, take, it from, take your life from there. Wow. So, yes, I was actually quite pressure to get married at the age of 17. Mm. So just stop for a minute. Um, it, it's not my culture. And I do understand uh, that it is a fairly archaic um, aspect of your culture, but nevertheless, still very prevalent today, arranged marriages. Is it the norm? Is it something that, you know, people in your culture accept without question? I think when I was growing up in the UK, um, I Parents were very afraid that would become very westernized uh-huh. and marry an Englishman. So they wanted to keep tight to their roots of arranged marriages and keep it in the family, keep the family name. Now, over the years, this has changed quite dramatically. People are beginning to cha- you know, marry different cultures, and it's quite acceptable. But having said that, it's still a very core value in the Indian society. Um, so... For me to get married, if I wasn't going to be a doctor, my dad, or be educated at a certain level, my dad said, well, the best thing is you, can, you have to get married. Hmm. Um, and that's what he said to me. If you're not going to be a doctor, you'll have to get married very young. I was quite a rebel, so of course he was afraid that <laughs> I'll, I'll ruin the family name. Hmm. So it is a quite <laughs> quite the norm, Tuckley, I must say. Ah. <laughs> so you don't actually have a choice in the arranged marriage. Your dad chooses the the, the husband for you. I mean, yes. D- yeah. Do yes. you do you have a choice? Do you, can you say no? I don't want to marry him. Um, not not really. <laughs> actually, you can you can. But I remember um, at the age of fourteen, and this family came over from Oxford, and my father said, "Well, we've chosen the boy for you, and this is they're from a very good family. They have a business, and you'll be well looked after." And they sort of corner you into a room and said, this is the guy for you, Janine. Hmm. And you're meant to say yes. And if you say no, you're in big trouble. Hmm. So there is that pressure. Can you say no? You can. But the pressure is so hmm. heavy that you feel pressure to say yes. Right. And so, I did stand up to that eventually right. when I accepted Jesus. Yes. So age 17, you were being pressurized into getting you know, into an arranged marriage. You obviously said no. Am I right? I did. Um, I did say no. Eventually, yes, I did. And my father was for me. But then, even though I met someone in the church, my father still forced me later in life, during those teen years, um, to get married before 18. Um, so I still had to marry an Indian guy uh-huh. at the age of 17 and um, I remember on my honeymoon having a ticket, child ticket rather than an adult ticket. Gosh. It felt very strange. <laughs> I bet. So I understand that that marriage or the your first marriage I'm assuming was yes. an abusive marriage? 
Yes. Um, in the first year it was, because some of the Indian culture have this sort of mindset that they can bully women or they have to be under the thumb. That's changed over the years and it may still run in certain parts of India. I know it does because I've traveled there and seen it. But I was abused in the first year of my marriage and I ran home to my parents and I said, Mom, Dad, I don't want to be in this marriage. And they, my old father forced me to go back. So I went back, came back the second time when it happened again. Mm. And the third time I went back and stayed and it stopped. It did stop after a year. Did you, did you stay married? I stayed married for seven years and um, in that marriage and experienced great difficulty in those years and mm-hmm. and I eventually left, um, which is quite a taboo in mm-hmm. our culture in that time. Um, so, I was 28. Right. So in, in this, you were a follower of Jesus. How was the work, how was as God working out in this abusive marriage? Well, I, one thing I know for sure, you know, God hates divorce. That's for sure. It's, it's very clear in his word. And two, God doesn't want his daughters to be abused. Um, and I couldn't take the abuse in the first years. And later, you know, our marriage had, was growing and falling apart due to other circumstances surrounding us. I mean, there was a lot of pressures in our culture. For example, I couldn't really go and see my parents without asking my mother-in-law or my husband. And sometimes in the early years, I would sneak and see my mother. Mm. So there was those cultural pressures of when a girl gets married, she's the property almost of um, the husband, the in-laws. Mm. Now, that has changed today, Dougley, but Good. in the time I married, it was still very prevalent and very dominant. Um, and it did affect us as a family because when I left my husband, obviously, the church I was involved in, the church always judges you, quite, you know, you're divorced now, mm. um, the pressure's there. And I think sometimes the church could be the most judgmental place, actually. Mm. You know, I always say that uh, divorce is wrong. Yes, you just said that. But it happens. And when it happens, we need to be gracious enough. There are always circumstances and situations, and and I'm not accountable for your choices. You are. But I need to be there and available for you to pray with you, to pray you through this difficulty in life. Did you get that kind of support anywhere? Um, To be really honest, no, I didn't actually. Um, I remember going to a church in London and sort of running away from my world and a lady prayed for me and she, and I said, I'm going through a divorce and she put her hand on me and she said, immediately judged me, said, go back to your husband. And from then on, I sort of put this wall up and I thought, mm, the church people are harder to deal with. So I kind of ran away from the church, but not from God. Mm. So I found church harder to deal with. What was God saying and, and doing in your life at this time? Well, it's remarkable. At the age of 14, I sort of encountered Christ, as I shared, and then I was given a book by my pastor, Dennis Beattie, who was a Scotsman and an AOG minister in London, and he introduced me to the ministry of Catherine Coleman, and he was an often used as an usher in her meetings, traveled, wow. and wow. stayed in America. Because I was introduced to this book, it empowered me and mentored me so much um, and was a great inspiration in my life during those years because I saw this woman through the book, I never heard her speak. You know, all I knew was her life through her autobiography, Daughter of Destiny. Mm-hmm. This was a broken woman, weird, and very didn't really fit into the normal culture of life. But out of the box, you know, she's a misfit almost, divorced. And God used her mightily. So deeply rooted in my heart was God 
if God can take a woman like her, surely he can take me. So I always held on to that, that the dream I had at the age of 14 would come to pass. Um, so that kept me going, her life and her inspiration, the way she overcame and the way she looked to Jesus rather than man. Hmm. So that was probably one of the greatest strengths holding me together during those years. Praise God for that. And uh, so now, Shanine, um, you're ministering, um, sharing the love of Jesus and the Word of God around the world. And do you get opportunity to speak to people in in the same situation that you found yourself in? And and what's your message to them? That's a very good question. I Yes, I really thank God. One, I fulfilled fulfilling my dream, traveling around the world is what I always wanted to do. And yes, I've uh, spoken right across India. I've been to most states in India. Um, a lot, three years ago, I was in a stadium in India with an American team from Miami. And the stadium was about 8,000 people in Mumbai. And I was the first person to speak to open the, mm. the, the, the conference. And of course, I'm Indian. I'm Western Indian and I'm a woman. So mm. this was very foreign to the, the Christian culture of India. And I was able to get up and speak to that culture. And the leader at the time deliberately put me up because he said, we want to break the, you know, the, the bondage mm. and the culture of women can't be used to that degree. Anyway, that was my first experience of speaking to India at a, at a huge conference where I was able to speak, one, to the culture, two, I'm a woman, and speak about my testimony um, so that's been a great joy of my life and witnessing great healings, testimonies, transformations. Mm. And of course, we trained women across India, India leaders, um, training them and equipping them for leadership, entrepreneurship. Um, and then again, I was able to share my walk, my story of how I overcame and how God can use you no matter what your background is, how broken you are. And even me as a divorcee, God had grace on my life. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, so I believe you 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 hold um, uh, I don't know conferences, uh, seminars, talks about releasing people from the fear of failure. Did you feel that you had failure in your life? What's your message here? Yes, I think you know. I my first sermon I ever preached was at the age of sixteen, and it was called "Dare to Be Great," and hence and now my book, mm. my first book, um, that taught me how to dare to step out of the box. So I believe that what you confront will die and what you tolerate will dominate. And I learned to identify the fears in my life, confront them so that they wouldn't dominate me. So what I teach is how do you become the dearer? How do you overcome fear and become fearless? And so Romans 8's always been a very special chapter. You know, it talks about frustration, uh, being fearless and being free. So I'm able to always implement that type of teaching, equipping in my um, seminars and teachings, which I've done uh, across Europe now. I've been traveling there a lot and holding seminars for Dare to be Great and uh, equipping business people, young people, um, all levels of society, which is my main message would be, yes, um, what you confront will dominate what you confront rather would die and what you tolerate would dominate. Mm. I always start from that because I think one of the things we need to identify is our fears. We've got to confront them. And um, that's mm. what I've done. That's what I've lived. And through daring and stepping out, I've um, experienced great, great um, experiences and transformations and healings. I've seen people being healed mm. and God has opened great doors in my life. 
The reality is produced by Sure Reality. You can listen again at the website surereality.net. Sure Reality is a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listeners to help produce these programs. God's Word reminds us that if we give, it will be given to us. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Please consider becoming a vision partner of Sure Reality by clicking on the Become a Vision Partner link at surereality.net. Click on Become a Vision Partner at surereality.net. Indeed, if you've just joined us, thank you so much. This is Dudley Anderson, and you are listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality. Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. If you want to know more, please drop me an email at dudley at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with Shanine Clark. Shanine was born into a Hindu background, and according to her culture and her upbringing, her father was arranging a marriage for Shanine from the age of 14. However, in His grace, the Lord God Almighty stepped into Shanine's life at that tender age. Thankfully, she escaped the planned marriage, but sadly later found herself in an abusive marriage from the age of 17. That marriage failed. Now divorced, Shanine needed prayer and support to help heal her from the abuse and to recover her life. Unfortunately, the church she was involved in offered her no support. Yet God's hand was on Shanine. She learned a valuable lesson through this time of life that has come to be the bastion of her ministry. Shanine Clark learned that what you confront will die, but what you tolerate will dominate. We pick up our conversation with Shanine Clark today for The Reality via Skype. I asked her to describe some of the fears that people tolerate that begin to dominate their lives. Fear of failure. Failure is something that we all fear, but you know, nowadays culture is you can fear something and learn very quickly and um, fear of stepping out, fear of losing, fear of not having enough money, you know, it's so many different types of fear, Mm. Uh, fears of reputation being ruined. Um, There's a risk with everything we do in life, of course, and we have to take the risk. Until we take the risk, we'll never know the results. I mean, I took a risk in London. I was holding teas at the Ritz Hotel um, to empower the business people and reach the corporate world and the influential world. So we invited speakers such as Sherry Blair to the chaplain to the Queen of England and many others, um, Jonathan Aiken. And we had this incredible inspiring speakers. Now, I stepped out to do that out of fear. Now, the fear was always there, but I still stepped out because you'll feel the fear, but the passion inside of you moves you beyond the fear and that's what you move with often that's what you um, live for so i think your passion often overcomes your fear because that love of you know (laughs) cast out all fear and of course you risk your reputation because there was many people who said well who does she think she is and how dare she do such a thing people often saw me um, at the ritz and um, they'd walk on the other side of the road because they knew now i'm a preacher or a Christian. Mm. So there are risk factors. And one of the greatest liberators is being free from what people think or say. For me, that was the most liberating thing because I grew up with a culture that was all about face. Be careful what people say. Mm. You might ruin the family name. Mm. So for me, one of the main freedoms I experienced was God uses weird people out of the box and two that don't be afraid of what people say mm. and when you overcome those two fears you're you're on, you're you're in a good place mm. to move forward mm. 
as a Christian, as a believer, um, I, I, I used to lead worship, praise and worship. I used to teach uh, worship leaders and, and people would be so afraid, you know, young worship leaders standing up with a guitar. They'd be so nervous, fearful of the audience. I'd say to them, well, tell me, who are you more afraid of? If the almighty God, Jesus himself, walked through the door and there's a thousand people in this auditorium, who would you be more afraid of, almighty God or these people? <laughs> and they say, well, um, actually, you know, God must be quite awesome. I'd be terribly afraid of God. And I said, well, are you? Well, no, not really. I said, well, he is with you in that room right now. So therefore, do not be afraid of the people because someone greater than they is here. You know, and the yeah. scripture says it is not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power mm. and a sound mind. Does this mm. come through in your ministry at all? Yes, I think one of the the, the liberating factors about the transformation through Christ is that perfect love cast out all mm. fear, and the love factor. If you're moved in love, and anything's done through the motive of love, you see great results. You see great fruit because. The key to all of it is love at the end of the day. Anything done out of passion and love moves yourself and it moves the people. So when the word of God says perfect love cast out fear, who's love? You're talking about the love of Christ in you. The overcoming power of Christ is love. Mm. He is love. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's given us the power for sound mind. Mm. <laughs> I mean, to have a sound mind, mm. not the spirit of fear, love, power and a sound mind. And I think to know that is an experience. And to encounter it becomes a reality that you can move in. Because mm -hmm. once you've experienced it, it makes life a lot easier. And you depend on that scripture rather than depending on what man can do. Yeah. You know, it just makes life so much lighter. Makes a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Janine, wonderful. You've got another book on the shelf, The Lord of the Silence. What is that about? Well, again, um, Living in London, I was always raised with a lot of noise and, and you know, recent years has been the, you know, the dinging and the pinging of the mobile phones. And I always had a, um, a, a real desire to understand the power of silence and being still. King David mentions it in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. So I went on this journey of understanding the power of silence. And it really is to take the reader on a journey away from the hurry and the harangue of the everyday life and cultivate the power of silence because silence mm -hmm. has many benefits it's a place where you connect with yourself with god where you hear and rejuvenate your health rejuvenate your heart and it exposes what's going on in your life and heart so you know silence is like medicine so the book really takes the reader on a journey of exploring one silence and two the benefits of silence and practicing silence and you know, Winston Churchill, you know, in when we had a blitz in World War Two in the UK, Britain was under great threat. And Lord Wesley, and he went to the Parliament and he decided we're going to have a silent minute at nine o'clock every single day to overturn this blitz. Churchill agreed, the King George supported it, Parliament supported it, the nation supported it, nine o'clock every day, England stood for one silent minute and they overturned the blitz and the mm -hmm. threat. And you know, so there's stories like that that are very empowering. One minute that changed the a nation's a nation in a day. I mm -hmm. mean, it's powerful. So this one silent minute can do that for the UK and overturn a blitz. A silent minute in people's lives can turn overturn so much um, in your personal life. So I'm really um, I get very excited about the subject because yeah, yeah. I've lived it, 
and practiced it, and I yeah. know the benefits of it. Praise God. Of course, um, as a believer, once again, uh, the scripture says in Psalm 37, it says, Be still before the Lord. Do not fret when men succeed in their evil ways and they carry out their wicked schemes. And uh, that implication is be quiet and put down your arms, you know, put down your hands and let God do what God can do. You be still because God is the deliverer. Wonderful, mm. wonderful indeed. It's so good to talk to you, Shanine. You've got so much uh, that you, you're involved in. You're also involved in radio and television. Just quickly, tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I um, traveled across to, um, America on radio and TV. I used to run a TV show called Real Issues, so dealing with real life issues. And um, I've been interviewed on many shows, um, 700 Club and Daystar and A Cornerstone and here on God TV recently and um, TBN. And so God has opened many doors, Dougley, and today on your amazing radio show, and I feel a great privilege to be um, here with you. And hopefully God will continue opening the doors where I can share the gospel and my story. People are searching for the truth, and I think there's no better time now than you know, to share the gospel, people are hungry and suicide rates are high in this country, across the world. Mm. And if anyone's out there who has a story, share it, share Christ. And um, that's the best message we have for anyone. Of course, we have to be careful. We don't have to share it in a way we're Bible bashing, but share it in a way that's relatable and relevant to everyday people, everyday life. Amen. Praise God. Just a few minutes left. Shanine, what is the message of Christ? What is that gospel? That gospel is all about Jesus. Jesus came into the world to die for you at the cross and pay the price for your sins. And through the exchange of understanding and receiving him, you receive forgiveness of sin, the gift of eternal life, and healing and if you're sick in your body you can receive healing because the word of god says by stripes you are you can be healed and that's a message of hope healing and the gift of eternal life and there is no greater love that a man lay down his life for his friends and jesus did it and you know dudley there's no religion in the world that has that message only christianity mm. only jesus resurrected for you to have life and I, I love Jesus, and he is the most transforming power on this earth. He can change anyone's life who's listening right now. If you don't know Jesus, ask him to come in because he'll give you the peace that the world cannot give you. And right now we need it more than ever. People are searching for the truth, and he is the truth. The truth will set you free. Shanine Clark, thank you so much for joining us today on The Reality. Today on The Reality, we've been speaking to Shanine Clark, TV presenter and radio host and speaker, who shares the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world as she encourages people to not give up, but to put their faith in Jesus Christ. As she says, what you confront will die, but what you tolerate will dominate. Confronting our issues and our problems in life causes them to be reduced, and we can trust in the living God to help us through those things. And what we tolerate in life will dominate us. In other words, what we allow to take a hold of our lives will control our lives. 
And as Shanine shared just a minute ago, the message of the salvation plan of God, in other words, God has made a plan for you to come right with him and know his grace and his power. God is great. And whatever your fear and whatever your trial or difficulty in life, he is greater. If you come to know him and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, giving your life to Jesus Christ, believing that he died on the cross to take your sins and rising again from the dead, today put your faith in that message and receive him as your Lord and Savior. If you do that, then you will confront the issues and the problems in your life by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Whatever your tribulation, whatever your difficulty, whatever you're facing, whatever is dominating you in life, fix your eyes on Jesus, put your faith in Christ, receive him as Lord and Savior, and he will reduce your cares and your worries as you put your faith in him. If you'd like to know more about this, I would love to receive an email from you. Perhaps we can chat and pray together. Do email me dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by the listener-supported radio ministry, Sure Reality. You can support this radio work and help us reach thousands of people around the world by becoming a vision partner. Partner with us at surereality.net. Click on the link, Become a Vision Partner. So it is from me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, reminding you to, yes, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless.